Hello everybody, my name is Pancakes and welcome to this brand new episode of Media Buffet. Today, we're doing a solo run to bring to you the final part of our full mana coverage. This time, we'll be focusing on the 21st century, as the lack of albums in both decades, the 2000s and 2010s, has brought the saga to a shortened closure because we have less content to discuss and thus, it'd be better to cover it in one episode. So yeah, let's get started. So last time, we discussed the 1990s, the peak decade for Mana, as we saw them release some of their best albums during this decade. Albums like Cuando los Ángeles Lloran and Sueños Líquidos brought the world to full content as they reached worldwide success during this era. They were going to music festivals in South America, in Europe, you name it. Even small islands of Puerto Rico saw the likes of Spanish rock superstars Mana in concerts. So yeah, as such, we'll be discussing album for album, like last time in the other episodes. And yeah, Mana put out a total of, let's say, a lot of albums during their career, and that includes... Yeah, sorry. That includes a lot of compilation albums and the like. So yeah, we're only going to be discussing the main albums, the albums that have new tracks and they were released for the public, not compilation albums or special edition albums, none of that. And yeah, let's just bring it into it. I want to say this of the compilation albums part because a lot of compilation or live recording albums were brought in between both albums that we're discussing because the last album we discussed was Sueños Líquidos released in 1997 this album had the superstar hit En el Muelle de San Blas and a lot of good ones too such as Hechicera, Clavo de Mombar is also good too and Me Voy a Convertir en Un Ave but overall, after this one, we got the Mana MTV Unplugged album, which is the album that they recorded during their MTV appearance. After that, we got a compilation album, a live album, another compilation album in a box set, another compilation album, a bunch of random recordings, a remix album, a fans album, and then we got the last, the next album in the 2002 edition of Revolución Namor. This is the next studio album that we're discussing and it includes 12 tracks as many of Mana's albums have repeatedly thus far. They are Justicia Tierra y Libertad, Ay Doctor, Fe, Sabanas Frías, Pobre Juan, Por Que Te Vas, Mariposa Traicionera, Sin Tu Cariño, Eres Mi Religión, No Voy a Ser Tu Esclavo, Angel de Amor, and Nada Que Perder. The album reached, as some of Mana's albums have during this era, critical success. They reached the number one position in the Argentine albums, Capif, in 2002 charts. Same goes for the Dominican albums in Musicalia, the US Billboard Top Latin albums, the US Billboard Latin Pop albums, and the Uruguayan albums, C.U.D. It also reached number 3 in the Venezuelan albums in Recordland and number 22 in the US Billboard 200. 
This just goes to show that same as grunge rock, Spanish rock reached a very prevalent audience during the late 1990s and early 2000s because it just goes to show that rock was everywhere, including Spanish rock. So yeah, it reached a total of three times platinum in Argentina, singular gold in Brazil, two times platinum and a gold in Mexico, two times platinum in Spain, and one gold in the US. And yeah, that's for the critical success. Now, for the tracks themselves, I'd say that a lot of these tracks are really good. Something that stood out to me is that some of the tracks contain guitar backing or guitar efforts by the great Carlos Santana. Now, if you don't know who it is, Carlos Santana is one of the greatest guitarists to ever live, my personal favorite, and Carlos Santana is honestly one of the best, not just guitarists, but best musical figures in the Spanish genre, because he brought, he single-handedly brought guitar emblematically to the Spanish rock genre, and he has won Grammys and Latin Grammys. He's also been inducted in the Rock Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And honestly, to me, his efforts were reflected heavily on this album. You may know him as Santana, by the way. He's the artist known as Santana. By tracks such as Maria Maria and Smooth, he made those tracks. And yeah, basically, this album, unlike the other ones which were like full-on Spanish rock, these ones were more chill, more or less. Some were mixed with house music, others were mixed with like, not not really house music, more like ska in a sense. It was kind of mixed with ska, it was like jazz, ska, fusion, or... It honestly sounded a lot tropical, and you could tell this was made by, by a lot of men because it just sounds like one. Like, it's something that you would expect a Latin band to sound like, and it's great. Some critics have denoted this album to have sort of like an arena rock aura, and that's sort of what it gives it a detrimental vibe, but honestly, I think otherwise. Um, actually, this album is pretty good, and even if it doesn't have as many hits as the other ones, this album has the best vibe, in my opinion. Like, the album cover, the tropical vibe, it has the best vibe. And some of the tracks are catchy. Like, not as popular, but they're very catchy. In my opinion, this is Mana's most... No, it's not their most underrated album, but it's pretty good. As I was saying, tracks such as Justicia, Tierra y Libertad are catch this vibe perfectly. You can see the tropical likeness and you can see Santana's efforts to bring in rock as well. And it's really good. That is really good because those who know a little bit more about Manan know about their environmentalist efforts. And if you didn't know, one of their previous tracks in the 1995 album, Cuando Los Angeles Lloran, the track with the same name, tells the story of Chico Mendes, a Brazilian environmentalist who was skilled um, yeah, a lot of people put the blame of his death on the people who were against his beliefs. He was an avid Amazon rainforest protector. And let's not get into politics too much. I can't speak, sorry. Let's not get into politics too much, but his efforts were worth it as many people have taken to 
advocate for Amazon rainforest protection because hello, even having been cut down significantly, it's the biggest rainforest in the world. And it holds a lot of diverse species and people like Mr. Beast have done efforts to replant trees around the world. But when it comes to the Amazon, the Amazon is unique. There's no bigger ecosystem on land than the Amazon in this world that I know of. And yeah, it just goes to, it just goes to show. Recently, the president, the now former president of Brazil, Jair Bolsonaro, was an avid, avid far-right politician that did not care for the Amazon rainforest at all and just let it be consumed by big corporate. But yeah, honestly, I feel like the new president, Luis Silva, has given more efforts considering he was the previous president before and after now Jair Bolsonaro. So yeah, I'm just glad he's out of the front. Now, back to what we were talking about. Tracks like I Doctor and Nada Que Perder are good, but to me aren't that good. Like I, like I previously made a Mana tier list. We may discuss it in a separate episode, I'm not sure. But we might even bring a special tier list and everything. But honestly, let me pull up the Mana tier list because I feel like this gives substance to the discussion. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, tracks like Nada Capeller and I Doctor are good, but they're not that good compared to other tracks. Same goes for Angel de Amor. This is also when Ferrovera was trying to bring back his harmonica type vibe, and it's not something that really goes with a lot of Mana content. Yeah, early. What do you call this type of genre? Early 90s, a dreamy mana, maybe harmonica, but no. This this one does not go with the harmonica. Other tracks, however, Por Que Te Vas and Eres Mi Religión are really, really good. They are sincerely some of the best tracks of this album, and it just goes to show. They have really good vibes. It really does. And, and to me, they're some of the favorite tracks. They hold some of the best vibes in this album they have some sad vibes some tropical vibes and to me they're really good they are really really good and finally the hit of this album Mariposa Traicionera a lot of people say that the top three Mana songs ever are 1990's Rayan del Sol 1997's El Moye San Blas and 2002's Mariposa Traicionera and when you put it like that it might be true these are the three most known Mana songs and they pretty much capture the three Mana eras pretty well. Although there's one track that we will discuss later that puts like their final era in a nutshell, but yeah. Yeah, so we were saying Mariposa Tresinera is the track in this album. It has it encapsulates the album perfectly and the era of Mana as a whole during the early 2000s. And it holds the tropical vibes, it holds the vocal performances that Fair put out during this era. And yeah, it just encapsulates Mana perfectly. Their love themes, their tropical vibes, it encapsulates them perfectly. And this is the solid 9.5 out of 10 in this album. If there's one thing this track is missing, is some of Santana's guitar efforts. I get that for this track, you can't really adapt Santana into it, but hey, 
Justicia, Tierra y Libertad had more or less this exact same vibe, but it went with Santana Fall, and, and I, that's kind of what made me love it. And, yeah. Mariposa Tizinera, really good track, but I feel like it would have been the best track in the album if you gave it Santana. If you gave it Santana, sure, top tier S. It's still the best track, but I feel it could have been better if they put Santana in it. Now, now, I'm sorry, I just burped. Now that we discussed the tracks of this album, we're going to skip ahead all the other compilation albums that they put out. 100% Maná, Esenciales Sol, Esenciales Luna. They put out a lot of hits album themed after Elements after this. And then we see the decline. Because during this era, Maná was in heavy decline. I'm pretty sure that if you see a stock market chart, you could see that one of the peaks was 1997 Sueños Liquidos, and then it just stayed stagnant for a bit, and then it peaked a little bit with Revolución de Amor, but then it went down and down during the early 2000s, because man, I wasn't putting out that much music. And yeah, even if they were still Mana, like, it's like Michael Jackson. He's still Michael Jackson, but they're not putting out as much music. So, they're still kind of in decline in the critical sense. So, yeah. Mana, they were still Mana. They were still very popular. And they still are very popular to this day. But, critically speaking, you can see that the band was not the same band as in the early 1990s. I'm not going to say it's an age issue. It's more of like an era issue. And Amares Combatir, the 2006 album, I would say is the last good Mana album. Everything else after that was purely experimental because I'm pretty sure Mana knew they were to follow a place soon and they would have to adapt. But yeah, Amayas Combatir is the final reflection of a solid Mana album. It was released in 2006 and I just gotta say, it's really good. Manda Una Señal, the second, I mean the first track. It's pretty good, I would say, and it's not necessarily the best track, but it's not the worst either. It's not their best opening track either, so yeah. For me, I put it in B tier, and we're going to discuss this tier list in full detail because there's so much tracks, so many tracks in another episode, maybe, or maybe not, I'm not sure. And the second track in this album... Mana seriously put out their career in a bang because they seriously put out the most grunge rock possible Mana track. I'm pretty sure that Mana was kind of late to the grunge rock train because grunge rock was more in the early, late 90s, early 2000s. And for me, it's kind of what encapsulates their final era as a whole. Moving on from like the tropical rock vibe and alternate rock to kind of like a smooth grunge rock kind of vibe, but not really encapsulating it because they still capture some of the pop rock. Mana in their majority was pop rock, but I like to call it different names because they liked to experiment with genres a lot, and that's prevalent in the previous album. Ojalá pudiera borrarte, though, is. It's a really good song. Like, I'd say this is the beginning embers or like the first sparks of what 
would become Manaz Decline because their sad, their sad, somber story songs with their same um, calm ambience, they're good. But it just goes to show that it's not the same as high energy, late 90s mana. And yeah, it's really good, but it just goes to show. Now we have a bunch of slightly forgettable tracks. Arrancame el corazón, tengo muchas alas. And next up we have Dime Luna. This is, the, I feel this is the one track in like 15 years of mana music where the harmonica actually works out. Because you're building up around the harmonica and you're making a song out of it. It's kind of similar to 1999's MTV Unplugged version of the hit Rayando el Sol. Instead of opting for like the silent bit of the song, Fair tried to put a harmonica and it sounded pretty well, judging from the audience's reaction of the recording. And yeah, Dime Luna was pretty good. And I gotta say, the next track. Bendita Toulouse, it's good. Like, don't make me wrong. Don't make me wrong. This gives me sort of Ananitos Verdes vibes, and they were hitting during this era too. So, just gotta say that Bendita Toulouse is pretty good. If you try and mix Luz de Dia and Lamento Boliviano, both of which are Los Ananitos Verdes tracks, you would get Bendita Toulouse. And not to mention, we're not gonna discuss the. We're not gonna discuss any alternate versions or deluxe editions or anything, but the deluxe edition of this album has a bachata version of this song, and I gotta say that version of this song is the better version. The bachata version is at least three times better than this version. Don't get me wrong; they're both peak. But the bachata version just uses the vibe of the song perfectly to twist the genres around. The guitar, the percussion, everything. Not to mention Juan Luis Guerra, the singer featured aside from Ferrol Vera in this song, did a great job. Like it does some sort of effort to de-contrast de- the decline that Ferrol Vera's voice has had on him. Because... Not every band has a sub story on how drugs or alcohol gave them away or like took away from their success. And that's not the case with Mana, but alcohol did have some effect on Ferrolvera's voice because given how I went to a concert of theirs recently last year, I could tell that Fer's voice was not the same as in the early 90s. Not that I saw him in concert then, but I've seen recordings and it's not the same. Now next songs Tú me, salva, Tú me salvaste en combatiente one of them is pretty good and the other is not that good because again this is Manas like falling down album because they went out with a bang Labios Compartidos is single handedly the best track in this entire album followed closely by Benita Toulouse and I'd say Dime Luna or El Rey Tiburón pretty sure those are like the combatants for the top for the number three spot now el viaje though el viaje is it's okay but it's not really mana's best song either like it's it's actually mediocre compared to the other ones same as Corazón. and yeah this goes to show now for el rey tiburón however they 
Mana put out a song during their career and it is called Corazón Espinado. I'm pretty sure it was never released in an album como tal, like in another album generally. It was featured in Santana's Supernatural album in 1999, but it was never featured in a Mana album. And yeah, Corazón Espinado holds some perfect Santana vibes mixed with Mana vocals. And if it were a main, it could be considered both a Mana and Santana song because it's in Santana's album, but Mana is listed as the main artist. So I don't know what to tell you. And yeah, Corazón Espinado is some of the both artists' best songs thus far. And El Rey Tiburón is really similar to this song. The vibes and everything. You can tell it starts like a Santana song. If only it had like the same Santana guitar, then it would be a Santana song, period. But overall, El Rey Tiburón is top three in this album generally it never saw the light of huge success but yeah again in the public eye mana was on top of the world during this era but internally i'd say that the years to follow would not reflect the same vibe yeah the critical success for this album was great like it had greater success than revolución de amor It reached number one in the Argentina album chart, the Mexican albums chart, the Spanish Pure Musicae album chart, the Peruan albums chart, the US Billboard top Latin albums, Latin pop albums, and top rock albums, which is something to say, and the Uruguay album charts. It reached number four in the US Billboard 200, the US Billboard top internet albums, and the Swiss record charts. The Swiss record charts is something to say. To dive into the heart of Europe with a Mana song for a Mexican band to reach some of the top spots in a European, not just UK, Central European chart. That's impressive. So again, in the public eye, this album was great. It was amazing. And it was amazing. But I'd say that generally speaking, this album were the dying embers of Mana's greatest era. Because from here on, it they just showed complete decline and even if their <coughs> sorry even if their entire career peak era was shown from sueños liquidos to amar es combatir amar es combatir is their last peak like the stock market revolución de amor was their one peak but then they decreased a little bit but then sharply increased with Amaras Combatir and they just went down and their stock market crashed with their next album Drama y Luz I have heard some of the songs in here but the songs overall aren't that catchy and Drama y Luz is the album that generally showed us that Mana was in decline and the public as well that is reflected by the influence it had on the charts in the weekly charts it reached number one in the chilean mexican spanish peruan and venezuelan albums charts and it reached 71 in the german album charts 12 in the uruguayan album charts 
and five in the U.S. Billboard 200, and number three in the Swiss album charts and the U.S. top rock albums. Not to mention, it also reached in the year-end charts, number nine in the Spanish albums, number three in the top Latin albums, number 51 in the top rock albums, and for the next year, number eight in the top Latin albums. It was good, but it's not really that good. Some of the great tracks in this album, let me just list them in order first. Juvia al Corazón, Amor Clandestino, Mi Reina del Dolor, El Espejo, Sor María, not Sol, Sor, Sister, Vuela Libre Paloma, No Te Rindas, Latinoamérica, El Dragón, El Verdadero Amor Perdona, Envenename, and No Te Rindas, which is a alternative version of the original song. So, yeah. Let's just go dive in. Juve Corazón, it's... I don't know what to tell you with this, because it's a good song, but it's not necessarily the best overall. And, yeah. Amor Clandestino, however, the second track... <clears throat> Sorry. It single-handedly goes to show that this track overall was one of the most highlighted in this album because it was released as a single and it reached critical success. It reached number one, the position, as peak in the US Billboard Hot Latin Tracks, Latin Pop Airplay, and Tropical Songs, which shows that they were the dying embers of the tropical era of Mana. And, yeah. Mi Reina del Dolor, Sol Maria and Nota Rindas were some of the songs that, again, were mid-chart and weren't really stood out that well. Like every Mana album, it does have its good songs. Like, I'd say not their best Mana songs, but really good songs. It's the eight-tier songs overall. These are Amor Clandestino, El Espejo is definitely up there. And I'd say that Latino America as well. But no other song... Not even the likes of El Dragón, Envenename, or El Verdadero Amor Perdona reached that much limelight or that much success. Because, yeah, Drama y Luz tried to encapsulate much of Mana's early success elements, but it didn't really do it that well. And it just showed that they were slightly in decline, as I've said before. Although in the public eye, there's still Mana, it's still gonna reach some really good numbers, but performance-wise, not really. This is around the time that pop was starting to pop out in the U.S. overall. So yeah, the late, to the, the late 2000s and early 2010s may be the last time that we see Mana in, the, in big numbers in the U.S. charts overall. Except for when the album releases, of course. But yeah, we move on from this album to move on to the ninth and last album that Mana has released thus far. They're still active, but this is the last album they released. I forgot to say, Revolución de Amor was released in 2002. Amares Combatir was released in 2006. Drama y Luz was released in 2011. And Cama Encendiada was released in 2015. It is their last album that they have released as a studio album. They have released some 
albums afterwards, but they're mainly compilation or live albums. And yeah, every Mana album, with the exception of the first one being, yeah, with the exception of the first one or two, every Mana album has had thus far 12 songs. And I always like to say that the inclusion of a 13th track in Amares Combatir, it's really their... I'd say it was the the one thing that brought them down. I say it as a joke, but it's kind of true because the, 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 the 13th track is not really the best one either. Relax. Like, that's the name of the song, and it wasn't really that good. For this album, let's say... These are the 11 songs actually short in the total here. Adicto a tu amor, La cama incendiada, La prisión, Ironía, Peligrosa, Mi verdad featuring Shakira, Suavecito, La telaraña, Electrizado, Somos más americano, and a remix of La telaraña. This album showed less success both critically and publicly, because it didn't really have that many good songs. Like, it was really kind of bad. Let me just say that. And let's just look at the charts. Yes, it reached number one in their usual spots, the number one in Argentinian albums, Spanish albums, U.S. top Latin albums, and U.S. Latin pop albums. But it reached number two in Mexican albums. Top 100. This top 100 Mexico. And... For Mana to not top the chart of their home country is something to say. And, yeah. They reached number 16 in South American albums, number 72 in the Swiss albums, 4 in Uruguayan albums, 15th in the US Billboard 200, and yeah. For the yearly positions, they reached 24th in the Spanish albums and number 4 in the top Latin albums. They also reached gold in Chile, Mexico in Spanish, and platinum in the US. None of them were over 100,000, so yeah, it just goes to show that the financial decline really was prevalent during this. Some good tracks, I'd say about two or three out of the 11. La Prisión, Mi Verdad, and La Telaraña, I'm pretty say, were some good songs. Adicto a tu amor was good as well, but I'd say that the other ones weren't really that good. For me, La, Presión, La Prisión would be the best one. Because of its sad summer era that was first reflected during Revolución Namor as a foreshadowing to this. And yeah, this album overall just shows the decline of Mana front and center. They're still good, they're still Mana, they're still the superstars of the Spanish rock genre. They will go out as the people to bring Spanish rock to the Americas. And yeah, it's just not that encapsulating and with that we have completed our coverage of Mana's studio albums releases and their career resumed as a whole I'd say that after being rebranded from Sombrero Verde to Mana during the 1980s they put out some really good moments their uprising with Rayan del Sol to their environmentalist era during the mid 90s and then being full out rock on Mana during the ni- 1990s late then just mixing these to form the tropical Mana during the late I mean early 2000s to go to the grunge but we're now established 
Hispana during the mid 2000s to their sad and rapid decline during the mid, I mean late 2000s and 2010s. It just goes to show that Mana is one of the most invigorating, encapsulating, and important bands in the Spanish genre. Spanish, I'd say the rock genre as a whole, because they were the band that brought rock to the Spanish language. I mean, not really. Some people have, some people did it before and after, but they were the ones that popularized it, alongside Los Enanitos Verdes. Like, <coughs> if Elvis and the Beatles was the rivalry of the '60s, and then Mana and Enanitos Verdes was the rivalry of the Spanish rock era as a whole. Nowadays, some bands are bringing Spanish rock to the to the stage once again. Bands at the local level, such as Fira La Vega, and bands at the and yeah, bands such as Fira La Vega. That's all I have to say, because there have been some bands before that have brought success to the Spanish rock genre. Los Hombres G are one example. I, I don't know, you could count this as a band, but Juanes as well. And I forgot the other one, La Ley. La Ley is also a band that brought success. And yeah, some of these were inspired by these two bands. And we might do an Anitas Vedas episode later on. But we're more focused on the Mana tier list episode. But I don't know what to tell you. So yeah, that was all for the Mana coverage. I hope you enjoyed it. And just go listen to the albums. They're overall pretty enjoyable. I'd say listen anywhere from 1990 to 2006. That is the preferable time period that shows Mana's best eras. Anything during the middle that is a live or live or compilation album. It's an album, but they're just compilations. Or the live renditions. Some renditions are good, but I'd say that the best editions are the studio releases. And yeah, that's all. Thank you for watching this extensive series, and we'll see you in the next one. Goodbye.